0: Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her.
1: And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning.
0: This is a spoiler-free podcast. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, We'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline, like it's our first time, too.
1: During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens.
0: Thanks for listening! Now,
1: on to the episode! Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of Prophecy Girls... This time, we are covering New Moon, the second movie in the Twilight
0: franchise. Second of five. (laughs) I have to watch three more of these. (laughs) There is no justice in this world.
1: Then perhaps we'll also read the books. Who can say what comes after this? But uh, yeah, yeah, we watched this movie. Car and I watched this movie uh, last week, I think, together.
0: Yes, last, what, Friday.
1: Friday? Yeah. No, it was Monday. No, yeah, no, Friday. It was just, Friday.
0: No, um, yeah, it was last Tuesday. Last Tuesday. There we go.
1: That's how long ago it was? I almost like. a week.
0: Yes, almost a week ago. Wow. But I, it's, it's burned into my brain.
1: <laughs> this is your first time, right?
0: Yes, and I want to fight this movie.
1: <laughs> so... Yeah, you know this, and I've said this before. Like, I watch the series all the time. Like, Twilight is something I just throw on when I've got nothing else to watch, if if I don't feel like watching Bridgerton again or something. And New Moon has always been my least favorite movie in the franchise, for many reasons, which we'll get into.
0: Is it like the Star Trek V of Twilight?
1: I don't know what that means, so I'm going to say yes, because... I think so. Because, yeah, I trust your comparisons. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's an interesting sequel to what was an interesting original movie twilight so if anyone hasn't listened to our bonus episode on the first movie twilight uh that came out earlier this year i think so you can go back and listen to that or you can just start fresh new with this episode
0: yeah so i did not re-listen to our bonus episode so i kind of forgot what i said in that episode but i will will say this compared to new moon the first twilight movie had many redeeming qualities (laughs) right
1: Before we start, I do want to say that when Carr and I were watching this, we're obviously we're in separate cities, so we watched it over FaceTime. But I was on the treadmill because I wanted to see how long five miles takes me to walk. Because let's not forget that when we're watching Buffy season four, these people are commuting from Sunnydale to UC Sunnydale every day, multiple times a day. And they said specifically it's eight kilometers or in American terms, five kilometers miles so i counted and it takes almost the entire new moon movie to get to campus i think what what do we clock it in car one hour and 40 minutes yeah
0: 142 yeah so so literally if you were walking from campus home you could just watch one of the twilight movies
1: right you just put on like a like a live audio version on your phone um and i was walking average i'll say like i was walking average pace like three miles an hour kind of thing or something like that um mildly uphill So now we know. Now we know.
0: But yeah, now we know. One hour, 42 minutes for staff to walk to Sunnydale
1: campus. (laughs) Right. So when we say it's going to take about three hours for them to get back with that information, it's accurate (laughs) because they have to go to campus, get the information and come back.
0: Oh, dear. (laughs) All right. So let's start things off with a recap from the first Twilight movie.
1: Yes, I love a good recap.
0: Previously on Twilight, Edward is a vegetarian vampire. Bella's into that. Edward is into Bella for reasons. But all the bad vampires are into Bella because her blood is crack. <laughs> the movie teaches us that crack is whack. Prom is between one girl and one boy. And Charlie is goals. Oh, and there was vampire baseball. Mm-hmm. There sure was. That's my recap of Twilight.
1: Mm, long live Twilight.
0: And I suppose we should summarize the movie. So as with most of our bonus episodes, total spoilers, we're going to discuss the whole movie. If you have not watched Twilight New Moon, go watch it now. Pause us. Go watch the movie and then come back. Um, But if you want to spare yourself that suffering, um, then just listen to my summary here. You ready for this, Steph?
1: Yes. I can't wait.
0: Okay. So... I heard from Jessica's cousin's girlfriend's yoga instructor that Bella Swan, like, totally got dumped by that creepy Edward Cullen guy <laughs> who's always looking at you like he could totally eat you, but why would he bother? Anyway, like, Bella was totes depressed and all, but instead of putting on some Tessa Violet and dyeing her hair like the rest of us, she decided to ignore all her girlfriends and lean into Jacob Black. Mm. Which, you know... Not a bad move, given that Stephanie says he's a total hottie when he takes his shirt off. So Bella and Jacob are like a thing, but not a thing, you know? And then Edward comes back after almost offing himself because he was so not over Bella, even though he's the one who broke up with her. So they're like getting married. <laughs> Love it.
1: Yep that that's exactly all you need to know in what happens in this movie. Um, and we'll, we'll let's let's dive into some of the very good highlighted real areas that you brought up there, Kara. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the only way that we can really go through this movie is first we should talk about things we like and then once we're done being positive it'll be brief uh we can jump into the things we don't like about this movie which will take up the rest of the conversation but let's start off just you know what overall Cara what are your thoughts like what just right off the bat like what do you think about the movie
0: I like Anna Kendrick and I had forgotten that she was in these movies and I liked her in the first movie I liked her in this movie as well and If anything, I think we see a little bit more of her in this movie.
1: Yeah, we do. We do. Um, And it's a treat to to have. Here's the thing. This movie is setting up the triangle, right? If you're in a teen romance of some sort, you need to have a triangle.
0: Between... Bella and Mike and Jessica.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Actually, there's many triangles going on here. <laughs> uh, that's the least interesting. I mean, one. <laughs> that's
0: true of the real world too. As a math teacher, Stephanie, this is something I try to impress upon my students, and maybe I should use Twilight as an example of how there are many triangles in the world. Please
1: do. Always use this movie as an example. Uh, but so, so overall, like this movie is here to introduce jacob black as another potential love interest for bella and honestly like there's so many things about this movie that are bad but what bothers me the most is that this movie just fails at everything it's trying to do so it's trying to set up this triangle but does it? Because like, it's so clear that Jacob Black never had a Steph, chance.
0: We're supposed to be talking about positive things.
1: <laughs> Sorry, no, this isn't my overall. And then we can get into positives. <laughs> I just really had really take that off my, off my chest because as I was watching this and I was thinking about it later, I was just like, everything you set out to achieve, you didn't achieve. I mean, that's true. <laughs> Other than to bring the franchise further along, right? Other than to push it into movie number three. Okay, so let's, yeah, let's talk about Good things, good things about New Moon. Right off the bat, I want to say I liked. I, I've always liked Dakota Fanning and her portrayal of Jane in this franchise.
0: We don't get enough of her, though.
1: We don't. We get more of her in the other movies.
0: More Jane, more Jessica, more people with Jane names.
1: Yes, more women. How about that? I I just love Dakota Fanning. Always have been a big fan of hers. Um, what she brings to Jane, this like psychotic. Torturer, who I think is supposed to be like 14 or 15, like really young. Just love it. Love, love her presence on screen. Just like I like the Volturi. Like you could we can talk a lot more about the Volturi, perhaps in a different in another movie when they're more prominent. But um I think it's interesting to expand the universe of Twilight and see how I guess the noble the, the what would be considered the royalty vampires how they're saying yeah. i think
0: they did a shitty job expanding the the world of twilight here but the attempt was there talk about that in a bit <laughs> yeah i mean, again like you said they attempted and failed yes they came up short <laughs> yeah um for sure but i i see what you're saying i agree it's nice to see more vampire society because in the last movie we just had like the rando vampires who are passing through and like laurent shows up again in this movie for like 10 seconds until he's eaten by werewolves, which I hope he gave them ind- indigestion. But, like, <laughs> yeah, I liked how the movie acknowledges that Edward and Bella are not mature enough to be in a relationship together right at the beginning of the movie they're just like this is not gonna work
1: yes yes and we got inklings of that at the end of the last movie where you know he's like oh man like you just got beat up bad like i'm gonna leave and she's like no no, no. like we, we, we go we and she like had that like mental breakdown about that like you and i in that part we were like oh no like this this isn't good right so this is carrying on from I that mean,
0: the, the beginning of the movie is like edward and bella well, first we have that weird dream sequence where Bella's not a deer this time, but she's uh, she's an older version of herself. And she's facing the classic Buffy season three conundrum of, you know, my boyfriend's going to age, not going to age, but I'm going to age and get older. And then it's going to start feeling creepy and weird. <laughs>
1: yeah. But we also, you and I were saying during the movie too, we're like, Bella, you're 18. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, you got time, girl. You got years to figure this out. But no, yeah. it's, it's got to be figured out right now. And then what really got me and what really kind of signaled to me that maybe this movie is not for me is the scene that follows a few minutes afterwards where Edward and Bella are watching Romeo and Juliet in English class together because, of course, they're reading that play. So there's, you never read any other Shakespeare plays in high school. Yeah, of course not. And... Like he just turns to her and he casually tells her that he was planning to off himself to die by suicide if he couldn't save her in the last movie. That's a terrible thing to say to somebody. And I I know we're supposed to be talking about (laughs) positive. We we can't help it. (laughs) That's a terrible thing to say to somebody, especially if you're in a relationship with them, because it's it's, like, depending on what you're intending to do, it's manipulative, but it's also just like, really dark and creepy um, but the movie's presenting it as if it's this great romantic thing like oh look at how much Edward loves Bella he can't live without her but it's like well that's the point though is things happen to the people we love and sometimes we have to go on without them and it's like that's not that's even if that's how you feel Edward that's not a cool thing to say to your girlfriend in the middle of English class but again what I'm saying is I appreciate that this movie was upfront with me about how fucked up it is and how Edward and Bella should not be together. Because if it had tried to hide that from me for most of the movie and then just kind of like revealed it towards the end, I would have be been even more upset. And right now I'm just kind of like, you know what, New Moon, I will give you this. You were honest and transparent.
1: Yes, uh, that's a really good way to put that. Um, And I said this, too, and I don't know if we're actually going to see it until we watch Eclipse, which we will watch Eclipse, Cara. (laughs) Um,
0: I know, I've resigned myself.
1: It's that um, Edward leaving, as much as we have to, like, suffer through this entire movie of Bella dealing with Edward leaving and trying her, not her best, but trying... To find some resemblance of a normal life after him. Um, When he does come back, she is more confident to speak her mind.
0: (laughs) I I mean, I will. Yeah, again. Yeah. I think I spent the first half of the movie complaining that nothing was happening. Yes. I will give it this. When Edward and Bella are reunited, things actually start happening in the movie. Yes. So, yes. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but... Edward might be one of the better parts of this movie.
1: I love that you said that because I 100% agree. I think this movie actually, one of the reasons it's not as good as the other ones is because Edward, aka Rob Pattinson, is not in it more.
0: (laughs) It's, It's actually startling to me how, and I don't know how much he got paid for this particular movie, it's startling to me how little Edward is in this movie. And I understand that it's based on the books and, you know, Stephanie Meyer can write the books however she wants. And if she wants to take one of the main characters out of one of the books for most of it, you can do that harder to do in movies when you have movie deals with actors and stuff, but for a movie called new moon and for a movie that I think in many people's minds, this is the movie. This is the Bella Jacob movie, right? This is the movie where Jacob becomes, as you said earlier, uh, one of the vertices of this love triangle. He's not good in this movie or at least the like the scenes with Bella and Jacob and there are many they give me friend chemistry they don't yes. give me romance chemistry the only person getting romance chemistry from those scenes is Jacob and I think he's just misreading it but like th- in my opinion the movie doesn't do a good job of I, this goes back to what you were saying about the movie <laughs> tries and fails it's like the movie tries and fails to make Jacob seem like a good alternative love interest? Yeah. And it just doesn't work. Like whether or not we find Jacob physically attractive, right? I I will stipulate that many people would. Mm-hmm. They give him the narrowest of backstories. It's almost like they forget that ju- just because you've made Jacob a werewolf, that doesn't make him an interesting person. It's like there there is no J- there's no personality behind that. He's angry and mopey and hormonal, and hello, that's just normal for a teenage boy. And now he's also a werewolf. And it's like, fine, but who is he? Why should I care about him and Bella?
1: Here, here's what I will give to Team Jacob. And here's what I'll give to Taylor Lautner. I think he's doing his damn best in this film, right? Like Robert Pattinson steps aside so that Bella can explore a new relationship with this guy. I mean, he
0: clearly worked out.
1: Oh, he worked out real hard. Um, he looks great. But I think, I think he, he, like you said, the friendship vibes are strong and that's always what I leaned into when I used to be Team Jacob as I just felt like hey he's got a warm presence he's pretty natural with her he's like he does his best to be funny like compared to Bella at like you know anyone can be a shining star <laughs> in terms of personality but that that's a positive I will give to the movie is that I think Taylor Lautner is doing his best and unfortunately like we're saying it's not enough to make us believe that Bella would actually fall in love with him and want to be with him in any way, shape or right. form over Edward. And, and
0: I, yeah, I, I agree. And I do think that Jacob is a good friend to Bella. Like yes, she yes. is really deep in her funk. She's the one who goes to him and is like, we're going to spend all this time together fixing bikes. But he accepts that, right? Yep. And I think that's fine. You know, he can make his own, his choices about playing with romantic fire. But, you know, he spends that time with her And I think deep down, he knows that she's still not over Edward and probably not going to be into him. But he's like, if this is the best I can get, I'm going to take it. And, you know, I get that. And I I think there's nothing wrong with that for him. You know, I think there are a couple of scenes in the movie where I'm like, "Mm, okay, Jacob, that was questionable behavior. Yes. But, you know, as I asked you while we were watching the movie, like, he doesn't go full on like Xander... Watching Buffy change, yeah,
1: well, you and I did discuss that a lot because we were like, is he venturing into nice guy territory? And I think at the end of the day, you and I said, no, he's not because Bella is actually giving him mixed signals. At first, she oh was friendship God. all the way. She was so like, many mixed signals. she was she was like, motorcycle me up. I'm here to hang out, eat pizza with you, just get my mind off stuff." And she genuinely enjoys his presence, and she always has. But then, as the months go on, Jacob starts, I think, developing deeper feelings for her. The fact that she's always around, he can make her smile. Like, of course, he starts to think maybe she's starting to like me back. But Bella also, I think, started to like him back. Like, she was so touchy-feely with him. Her signals in some of these scenes were basically like, I need you to kiss me, right? Like, we have an attraction. I'm just afraid to make that move because I'm so broken. Like, that that's what I was reading off her in some of these scenes.
0: I mean, I just think that she might be projecting some of her longing for Edward onto Jacob.
1: Yeah, it's not fair. I mean, hey, this is not a positive. We'll get to Bella. We'll get to Bella in a second.
0: That's what I'm trying to say, right? I feel like Jacob makes some questionable decisions. But, you know, overall, I think he does a good job of being a good friend to Bella. Yes. Bella makes... So many questionable decisions, and I understand that she is emotionally destroyed by being dumped by her vampire boyfriend, but you're not making it easier for yourself, girl.
1: No, not at all. Especially when you keep getting him to take your sh- his shirt off to dry the blood on your face after you fall off a motorcycle. What I will that say... Is a perfectly
0: normal thing to do.
1: <laughs> what I will say um, that I love about this movie and the series in general is the soundtrack. I think it has, it has a great soundtrack, um, music-wise. And then, of course, I always have liked the scene where after Edward leaves and half-naked Sam finds Bella in the woods and brings her home, we get a montage next to, to the song There's a Possibility <laughs> by Leica, And uh, it's just Bella, right? It's just like uh, October, November, and it just circles her, right? And... I've always loved that scene because it's a good nod to the actual book where I'm pretty sure it's like one whole chapter says November and then the next one is December. And it does that until February, I'm pretty sure, because she just falls into a deep depression. And I'm like, this is a really good... Way to use music and visuals to show how oh. Bella is struggling with
0: her depression. I love a good montage.
1: Exactly. You know? Exactly. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the movie.
0: Right, and, and to that point as well, I, I want to make it clear: like as we mock all of these characters, like I, I am not trying to mock, you know, people who struggle with mental health, people who suffer from something like depression, you know, however it's brought on in your life. And while this was not something I really have a lot of experience with myself from my teenage years, I get how these movies and these books captured the minds of a generation of young people, especially young women and girls, because they acknowledge the incredible depth and intensity of emotion that people feel during their teenage years and they make it okay to feel those emotions right like like bella feels this incredible sense of loss from edward exiting her life and i can imagine how you know a teenage girl going into this movie who's maybe feeling similar feelings or has an unrequited crush or something would feel validated by having that reified on the screen and the movie's not mocking it right Mm -hmm. like i think my the biggest compliment i can give to this movie is it is sincere it's not a spoof of itself it's not you know trying to make fun of bella and edward I, I think Bella and Edward's relationship is ridiculous and I think this entire movie is ridiculous, but I do appreciate it more for the fact that it takes itself seriously. It takes Bella's feelings seriously and therefore it takes its intended audience seriously. And that's more than a lot of movies aimed at young women and girls doing actually do so yeah
1: and that's a carryover from compliments that we gave to the first movie as well so it's nice to see that this movie carried on with that tradition of taking young girls emotions and experiences seriously and playing to the right audience in that way so like whenever i read a review on a movie on a movie like this if i read a review from like a old white man in his 60s like, I don't want to hear it because this isn't going to be for you and you're not going to understand it. But of course, like millions of young girls did and they relate to Bella and what she's going through. So good job for this movie for doing that and for carrying that on from the Although, first
0: one. I, I would love to read a review by like a, an old white guy in his 60s who's like tearing up and being like, Bella and Edward are the one true love of all time. <laughs> this movie is so amazing. Or one who's just like,
1: I'm team Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so other than that um any other compliments to give to this movie before we jump into what we don't like i have one more i have one more lots of shirtless men in this movie uh we even get a shirtless edward though it's not as exciting because he's he's more just like thin and pale as opposed to watching (laughs) these like beautiful indigenous and latino men all day all for like two hours um but again, like this movie is geared toward women and young girls, and like you know um our gender, so we're seeing men and their shirts off as opposed to other movies where they might show off the hot teenage girl right and get her in a bikini, yeah, it's that's not the fair. Case here. you know little no.
0: little objectification of men doesn't hurt in movies mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. do anything for me, but i'm I'm here for it. I support you, steph exactly
1: oh and i'll I'll also add too there once in a while, we got a little a little. A sprinkling of, like, a, like a, I would call it, like, a diversion with human stories, right? Like, when Bella goes to the movies with Mike and Jacob before he's turned into a werewolf. It's, like, like, fun to watch. It's, like, a little escape from the supernatural part of it. It's just, like, normal teen being in a weird triangle.
0: Like, like I said, everything <laughs> yeah. with Jessica, loved it, would like to see more.
1: All right, let's get into things we don't like. And I don't think we can talk about anyone else first, if not Bella Swan, because... Fuck her sometimes. You know what I mean? Like,
0: ugh. Can we talk about Bella's internalized misogyny?
1: Yes. We do. We need to talk about it because this whole movie, Cara, you and I were screaming at the TV, go get your friends! Like, your girlfriends are right here for you but all you can think about are the guys in your life.
0: Yeah. She, she doesn't treat the women in her life very well. She is so incredibly self-absorbed and wrapped up in this Edward thing. again, If somebody breaks up with you, I get it. You are allowed to wallow for a while. You can wallow through a couple of songs in your (laughs) montage. But this is several months. This is what this is her senior year, right? This is her last year of high school.
1: Yes. She's selfish. Bella is a selfish fucking person. And I say that because all of her selfishness is connected to her utter dependence on the men in her life, particularly the men. That she has some sort of romantic connection with. Because she doesn't give a shit if she hurts her father, Charlie, who cares deeply for her. She doesn't give a shit about spending time or giving time to her human friends, particularly the girls. Because you notice she went to the movie with Mike. She did invite everyone else, but they all bailed on her because of course they did. Um, Her mother, nowhere to be found in this movie... Uh, And the only other woman that she expressed interest in was Alice or Edward's other family, like his vampire family. So Bella is just so utterly dependent on Edward and Jacob. It's sad to see. It's sad to see this depicted an 18-year-old girl in a movie geared toward young women, showing that all she really needs in her life is her boyfriend or her boyfriend standard.
0: Well, and if your boyfriend leaves you, you should seek out dangerous thrill-seeking behavior that causes near-death experiences, so that you can hallucinate him.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, about that. So they never. This movie does not do a good job of explaining why, like Bella, why, why, why do you feel this way? Like I know that you loved him, and you feel empty when he's gone, but the movie doesn't give us enough information as to like what, do, like what does she need? Does she need Edward? Is that it? Period. Or is there something else in her life that she's lacking? Like, what is leading up to this suicidal thought process that Edward clearly sparked? Like, I just, I don't have enough. I don't understand enough. Well, it's
0: it's not clear why Edward broke up with her in the first place. Like, I know what he says, right? But it's like, firstly... It's like he leaves and it's like, don't worry. Once I'm gone, the danger is gone. That is not true. What about
1: Victoria? As the
0: movie demonstrates, <laughs> right? It's like, well, now you're unprotected, Bella. I could have seen that coming. I could have called it. I'm smarter than you, Edward. But also just like the whole like, you know, I can't be around you. I'm not, it's like you have years to figure this out. Let her graduate. Let her have her happiness with you. Maybe she goes off to college or whatever. Date her for a couple of years and then dump her if the whole aging thing is such a big deal. Like this idea that once you meet somebody, you have to decide right away if they are the one for you. And if there's the slightest possibility that they are not the one and that it won't work out, then you should probably break up with them right away. That's that's silly. Yeah, nobody would be happy that way because it's so hard to meet quote unquote the right person you know and sometimes the right person for you right now is not going to be the right person for you a decade from now there is no nuance to the romance in this movie and I think that bothers me a lot even though I I myself am not romantic it's like well I'm romantic in the sense that I enjoy watching stories of romance I don't always understand them or feel them but I enjoy watching them but this movie is like the opposite of the ice of the swan ice sculpture it's as if the movie just handed me a big block of ice and is like look at what i did
1: <laughs> yeah well i mean you're saying nuance in the romance of bella and edward but what about nuance and bella's character herself like what, like i just uh, yeah like it's shallow it's, it's all very surface level edward leaving bella in the forest like that <laughs> um you're right like it's so clear that bella's not out of danger there's so much going on Uh, Like I I just, when it comes to Bella's character, it just honestly makes me so sad that when she's in the fits of her depression, like the only thing that will take her out of it is Edward being back in her life. Jacob helps a little bit, but she kind of used him for that.
0: And even once Edward is back in her life, and I know I complained about this with our review of the first movie too, Bella has so little agency. You know, for a movie that's ostensibly about her, everything she does is about getting back with Edward, getting close to Edward, saving Edward from his own mistakes. You know, when they're confronting the Volturi, she's like, yeah, sure, I'll become a vampire. Like,
1: she's also like, I'll die. I'll take the kill me, not him.
0: Right? And it's just like, I want to see Bella making choices for her, right? I want to see her seeing a future for herself that whether or not Edward is part of that future, he should not be that whole future because that's such a toxic message to say that your romantic interest or romantic partner is going to be the most important part of your life going forward. I mean, you know, cause what happens again, what happens if they're not around because things happen and, and people leave our lives for whatever reason, but also like, does Bella have any other interests?
1: No, than Edward? no. Well, like Romeo and Juliet, I guess, cause they kept throwing that down our throats, this, this movie. Um, but yeah, like on top of that, she is investing all of her energy, all of her life into men that are dangerous for her. She's ignoring her father who wouldn't, who like would give her the world and her f- human friends who are very safe. Fine. Maybe they're milk toast for you, Bella. Even though when I consider you like Riley Finn from season four, Buffy is like the most exciting character I've ever seen in my life, but you are investing time in Edward, who is a vampire and would very much like to murder you and drink all your blood. And then you're investing your time in Jacob, who tells you if he gets too angry, he'll claw you up. So like these are the kind of men, these relationships with these very Almost dangerous. Almost as if
0: this series is normalizing the idea that women should accept violence from their partners because they deserve it sometimes.
1: Right. And then when they go, then Bella will do violence to herself to yeah, keep the and connection. When, and
0: when Edward or Jacob are moody, right, and they start brooding, it's because Bella wasn't nice enough to
1: them. Ugh, like it, it's this is what I mean about Bella in this movie. I was like, what is the message? What what is this character showing us and telling us about her relationships? And it's not it's nothing good. You know,
0: can we talk about Charlie for a moment?
1: Yes, only if it's positive, though.
0: <laughs> well, th- this is a negative thing, but it's positive about Charlie. Charlie's mustache was not as good in this movie.
1: Yeah, you think it was more tame?
0: Yeah, like, I seem to remember his movie, his mustache in the first movie was, like, very present on screen. Like, I was like, that—that ha- that is an on-screen mustache and this movie i don't know it feels like it's just diminished a little bit and i don't know if that's intentional pathetic fallacy on the parts of the director and the the, the movie producers being like you know what charlie's got a reduced role here he's not as important to bella's life <laughs> so we're gonna trim back his mustache and make it a little less great than it once was they're but, like we
1: want all the women to pay attention to jacob not
0: charlie <laughs> right i don't think jacob could grow a mustache like that
1: no he's just a boy you know?
0: yeah charlie is a man um and i love charlie just very disappointed by the diminished mustache in this movie
1: great point what i was disappointed in was at the end of the movie when all the all the collins are back and they all get to vote on whether or not bella becomes a vampire what
0: the fuck was that like <laughs> since when do we vote on somebody becoming a i don't even understand like how does that even make sense
1: bella you made the choice. Just fucking do it. Who gives a shit if well, Edward but, doesn't and want and to? that's
0: the thing is it should be Bella's choice. Whether or not the two of us agree with her choice, that's fine. We can disagree with her, but I support Bella's decisions. Bella putting her fate in the hands of the Cullens and a democracy is literally her surrendering her agency. Like, ugh.
1: Right? And I think can't. when i when I said earlier that she kind of develops more of a voice for herself once Edward comes back, it's only directed at Edward as in like, no, I'm going to go talk to your family and they can make a decision as opposed to like, just you, Edward. <laughs> so it's, it's like a little bit of a step forward and then four steps back. Yeah, and, like, we have to remember that. Remember, the entire series is an allegory for saving yourself for sex, right? Bella wants Edward to change her, a.k.a., you know, she's 18 years old and she wants her boyfriend to do her, but he won't do it because it'll take away her soul. So why does the family get a vote?
0: (laughs) Right, and so you know the answer to this, so you don't have to answer this right now and and spoil it for me, Steph. And, again, I've read all the books except Breaking Dawn, but that it was literally like almost 20 years ago. So it's been a while, 15 years ago. It's been a long time. What is Bella going to be like as a vampire? Like once she gets what she wants and then she can be with Edward for all eternity, what is she going to whine about next, right? Like that's the problem with getting what you want is then it's like, well, well, what now, Bella? Again, you have no hobbies outside of Edward, that's going to be a very long, very boring, eternal life.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, maybe she'll have Alice. That's all she seems to care about in terms of like a female friend. This is something that like it's like a literally like um a value, like a life value of mine that you deserve to have love in your life. You deserve a partner who loves you and treats you well. But don't you ever underestimate how important your friends are to you.
0: I mean, I can get behind that.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like so, So that's why Bella at her core infuriates me (laughs) because i'm like girl you don't need a motorcycle you need a girl's night out
0: (laughs) yes you know yeah let's talk a little bit about jacob jacob is like a shitty (laughs) anamorph
1: yes he is but he's he's better built than your average anamorph is
0: well sure he's a little bit older than the anamorphs were but so so just a little bit of history with car for those who are not aware Um, Animorphs was a series of scholastic children's novels written by K.A. Applegate, Catherine Applegate. I read them when I was growing up, kind of like middle grade kind of novels. They're really short, but there's like 50 of them. And K.A. Applegate is fantastic. Uh, She supports trans rights, has a trans daughter. But also the whole Animorph series is about these kids who have the ability to morph into any animal that they've touched. And they have to use this ability to fight a secret war against aliens invading the planet. So the whole series becomes this allegory for child soldiers. And so like these kids, they just have to touch an animal and then they can transform into it. Jacob can only transform into one animal.
1: A giant wolf.
0: (laughs) Right. And yes, yes, I will stipulate. That is impressive. He, He is impressive in wolf form. You know, that's it's bad cg by our standards now but for whenever this movie was made that was pretty good cg i'm Mm -hmm. sure or at least decent um it's impressive He can run really fast and i assume bark or howl really loudly but still Jacob, you're a shitty animorph. Like, all you can do is morph into one animal. That's, that's your only trick. <laughs> I agree with you there. I will also
1: add that he has the fucking most hilarious line in the entire series. Bella pulls up to his house with the two bikes and he runs around the house and he says, like, Bella, where the hell you been, loca? Like, no one <sighs> understands where that came from, but people put it on their doormats they hang it on their wall. They're like, this is the most wild line I've ever heard in my life. I just had to bring that up because we would be remiss to not bring it up in this podcast. But yeah, like, hey, you know what? Like I said earlier, I don't know. I don't mind Jacob in this movie. I, I hate him later and later in the series. <laughs> mm. But in this one, in this one, I think for the most part, I get where he's coming from. I, I feel like it's like you said, he's young. He's a young boy, right? He's gonna feel angry. He's gonna get angsty. Perhaps near the end, when like he directly goes against what Bella wishes, right? Like he comes into her house when she says no. [SSiv] Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's toxic stuff.
0: Decisions and stuff.
1: [Słu] Yeah, 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 for sure. But um, again, like I don't know if Edward can break into her room whenever he wants. I guess I guess we're gonna let Jacob break into her kitchen (laughs) to do the same.
0: Okay, but. I also really dislike how this movie just completely erases Jacob's membership in the Quilute nation, right? So at least in the first movie, they mention this nation and they talk about, you know, his heritage and stuff. In this movie, the only nod we get to his indigenous heritage is the completely fictional appropriation of this idea that he's inherited this werewolf lineage, right? So not only is this problematic because it, it's really verging on this idea of like, Oh yeah. Like indigenous people are really like connected to nature and, you know, Jacob's connected to the animal world and the spirit world. But it's like, by not even mentioning the Quilut Nation in this uh, movie, they're making him, you know, your generic indigenous character and all of the other people in Jacob's life, you know, his his family members, his cousins, and um, you know, everybody else. It's like the focus is more on them being this gang of werewolves, mm-hmm, or this pack yeah. of werewolves, than it is on them being um an actual indigenous nation. And, and it's just it's horrible representation. And I, I feel like I, I at this point I should just, you know, shout out the Move to Higher Ground movement, uh, because the Quilu Nation has not received the royalties or whatever they should be getting from these books and movies. And they are experiencing a lot of flooding on their land. And, you know, as with many indigenous nations in North America, that land has been stolen from them. So, yeah, I just, I really think that this movie, even more so than the previous movie, treats Jacob as a generic indigenous character with so many of these stereotypes that, have cropped up in our cinema about indigenous peoples and i'm just like not here for it
1: yeah yeah that's a really good point how the supernatural overshadows those aspects of what's actually happening in real life but also like what they did touch upon a lot more in the first movie I'll also add that like Jacob sometimes can act like a gym bro <laughs> and look like a gym bro. And he does parkour. Remember that?
0: That was actually pretty impressive. I'm sure that that was mostly CG or whatever or a stunt person. But that was... It's fun to watch. I like that.
1: Yeah, it's fun to watch. So
0: let's talk about the Volturi and this world building that we got. So disappointing, you know, and I, I blame the directors and maybe the writers, the screenplay writers for this in a book you can info dump. You can just have a couple pages of either a character explaining to somebody else or the narrator explaining to the reader directly. It doesn't matter however you do it. You're allowed to do that. Um, As long as you do it, interestingly enough, skillfully enough, you can get away with info dumping. You can't do that in a movie without killing the pacing, which is what they do here. They have this whole flashback where like Edward... I think they're they're in the Collins place, which has all these creepy vampire paintings. Yeah, we I were think saying like
1: whatever we were saying. We're like, if you want to hide the fact that you're vampires, why do you keep this artwork up?
0: <laughs> right, it's a little bit on the nose. Unless they're like, unless they're hiding in plain sight, right? They're like, nobody would suspect we're vampires if we go hard on the vampire merch.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: But so so they pause at one point, painting that ha- apparently has. Um, what's his face carlisle's
1: literally in the painting
0: (laughs) right and bella's like is that carlisle and it's like (laughs) like they're supposed to be italian but it looks more like 15th century france to me or 16th century france it's like yeah it's
1: just european to Um, me it's very european yeah, yeah it's
0: aristocratic yeah and so we go into the painting as a flashback as edward explains to bella who the volturi are and how carlisle ran with them for a bit and then he came to america or whatever Um, And it's just like, it's the most ham-fisted and clunky way of broadening this world for us. I wish they had found more interesting ways to do it. And, And I won't accept the excuse that, oh, this is how they did it in the books. I don't care. It's a movie. You're adapting the book. Change it as much as you want. Let's have, you know, somebody from the Volturi show up. And kind of mess around with their life for a, bit, a little bit, or let's have a scene where Edwards in Italy, and he's like, you know, talking to the Volturi. I'm, I'm, and I'm not talking about the one where he asks them to kill him, and then they say no, and he says, "Well, I'm going to go make a nuisance of myself," and then they're like, "Okay, now we're going to kill you." Yeah, like?
1: they're like, "That's fine." <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're like, "Fine, go do it." They're like, "Do it then." Yeah, and then they're going to. It's like just, just get it over with. Right. like I don't understand them at all. I don't
1: know though. If someone, if someone goes to the police station and says, "Put me in jail." Do they do it, or are they like you? Gotta you gotta commit a crime before we can do that.
0: Oh, that's good. That's a good point, Steph. You have got me there.
1: <laughs> Just, I mean, I, the Volturi. I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think that's a really
0: <laughs> wishy-washy way, since they're so precious about the secret. Well, but they're precious about their secret. But then also, there's the whole scene where they're, they're throwing Edward around. Their what it what it is like a throne room or whatever. Yeah. And I was just aghast at the damage to all of that priceless tile. I'm just like, do you have somebody on call to repair this? I'm like that. It's not like you can just replace those panels from a Home Depot. It's like, that is quarried marble and such.
1: <laughs> My understanding is that while they collect vampires with special abilities like Jane and her brother, uh, they also collect skilled artisans <laughs>
0: and other uh, contractors right <laughs> what is it with all these different abilities and how like all of the abilities work on bella except no sorry edward's ability doesn't work on her arturo's what what's is arrow his name Arturo? arrow arrow arrow's ability doesn't work on her jane does jane's work nope no. nope
1: it's all so i i don't remember how, exactly how they explain this in the books but i my understanding is that like when it has to do with i don't know the brain or something like it can work but like
0: Jasper's emotion ability works on yeah. her right like yeah, yeah, what's yeah. going on
1: I don't know maybe don't because understand. he's like maybe he's like fixing the atmosphere around her and not her herself like I don't know I don't know I don't know but if I was uh. a vampire and I didn't have a special ability I'd be like the fuck like what's the point then
0: right and yeah just the, I don't I don't know I just the whole My complaint about the world building, yes, I love seeing more, oh, there's like this secret vampire society, but they're really stuck up and stuck in the past. I get it. Cool. But they did a horrible job of working it into the movie. And, you know, It's, it's, I don't know.
1: Hey, it's another example of you tried and failed, right? You tried to build the world up didn't work out for you you tried to build a love triangle mm, not so much you tried to do a very clever and subtle parallel to romeo and juliet mm. <laughs> was it you know like everything you tried you tried to make bella a likable protagonist she's not yeah so so the world building is just another part of that
0: and then we get to the ending
1: will you marry me <laughs>
0: And again, I understand this is based on the book and that was in the book and like, it's a, I it's a good cliffhanger. I get it. You know, Netflix was like, do you want to watch Eclipse yet next? And I'm like, nope, but Fuck good yeah. try Netflix. <laughs> did, is that what you did, Steph? <laughs> did you roll into watching Eclipse? Steph, I did. For- you, you
1: imagine? I was like, wow, I'm getting real tired, Kara. Have a good night. <laughs> Going straight to bed. <laughs> Except play Eclipse immediately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear. um No, I I get it. It's a good cliffhanger, but again, it's just they're not right for each other, and <laughs> the movie young, never young. justifies it. Just right? have sex. That's,
1: just have sex. That's
0: so young to get married.
1: Just have sex slash change her into a vampire. You know, like this is right. Well, so, and he's like, ugh.
0: I want you to finish your senior year because originally he's like, give me five years, and she's like five years is too long, and then he's like, well, two years, and they're haggling. <laughs> Right, and again, it's like, it's like Bella, like you don't even know if you're gonna love this guy as much as you do three years from now. I'd take the deal and wait and see how I feel after I've gone to college. But of course, I'm saying this with the hindsight of a 32 year old woman, whereas like I know Bella's 18 and raging hormones and stuff, and I suppose you can think that that whatever you're feeling, you're gonna feel for the rest of your life. But it's like, have you not? Watched any TV shows or read any books that would help you through this, Bella? Maybe talk to your parents, maybe talk to your friends about the feelings you're having and work through them.
1: Yeah, I, I <sighs> think, ugh, like the marriage thing becomes a big plot tool for the rest of the series. So I get why they're dumping it in here, right? It's a little like, ooh, we should come back to see if she says yes and doesn't just like gasp at him.
0: Oh, I'm assuming she says yes. Is, that, is there any tout?
1: She, well, I mean, just minor spoiler. In the third one, she doesn't say yes until much later in the movie. She waits on really? it. Yeah, she makes him wait. So this is what I mean. When I say that... Bella learned a little bit of pushback in her time apart with Edward. This it comes in in the next movie. I'm kind of
0: getting more excited for Eclipse now. Yeah,
1: yeah, she has she has more agency <laughs> in that. Like she's like, I don't want to have to marry you. I don't really believe in marriage. Like I don't want to, right? And so she's so young, so she does have that little bit of her in her later on. We just don't get that conversation in this movie.
0: That's fair. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were talking about the color grading in this movie right and how like in the first movie it was more like blue and stuff and in this movie it's more orange
1: yes <laughs> we said so chris whites is the director for this film taking over from Catherine hardwick is that her name because
0: once a movie with a female director is successful then they take the franchise away from her
1: yes and we talked about that in the first in the first our first coverage of twilight um so he took over for her and yeah, it's noticeably less blue and more brown because <laughs> you and I were saying it's actually still dark. It's just a brownie color now. <laughs> and um, while I don't think that Chris White's understands teen angst the way Catherine Hardwick does and she was chosen... We, we talk about this, obviously, in our other one, but um, she was chosen to direct Twilight because she knows young girls, right? And she knew how to bring out that story and to tell Bella's side of the story. So Chris Weitz doesn't have that, in my opinion. While I do, like, say great job on the possibility on that whole scene because I liked it a lot. Um, I think what he brings to this rendition of Twilight is... he's he's got a good eye for action better eye than Catherine hardwick i think that's fair well as much as we don't like the throne room fighting i think it's better than the ballet room fighting (laughs) in the first one
0: yeah i mean in general there is some good action in this i do like i mean i don't like why bella does it but i like it when she jumps off the cliff Mm -hmm. um you know that's pretty spectacular the dirt bike stuff is pretty good uh, the fight sequences, like you said, are pretty good. So I can see that.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the special effects for the time, pretty good. And Chris White's directed The Golden Compass, uh, the one with, the Nicole, with Nicole Kidman that came out around that time. So I think putting him in the driver's seat this time around, I can see why they would do it in that, like, oh, he has a bigger eye for, like, cinematic uh, CGI film, perhaps. Um, but that doesn't mean that he understood how to carry all of these characters and all these plot points home because what you and i are saying is there were a lot of attempts in this movie but most of it was failure
0: yeah absolutely
1: anything else that we want to point out
0: i will say this stuff mm-hmm. which is when we embarked on this project to watch the twilight films i was not enthusiastic about it but i am having a good time watching them with you <laughs> and talking to you about them i feel optimistic Because you've said that this is the worst of the films. That even though I have three more to watch, maybe the worst is over?
1: I honestly feel that way. I mean, hey, everyone's going to have their different rankings of these movies. But I think the worst is behind us by a long shot. I really like Eclipse. It's probably my favorite one. Then there's two Breaking Dawn movies. Just
0: a little nervous for the intense vampire sex scene that I know is coming.
1: That's not till the fourth movie. So don't you worry. Don't you wear your pretty little head. Uh, But... (laughs) In the fourth movie, I would say of all the movies, it's the fourth movie, the first Breaking Dawn part one, which is the most pointless. So if you think nothing happened in this film, (laughs) just wait till you get to that one. Because it's like it's like one big event and then it's just like a lot of waiting (laughs) for the second movie to come. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And sorry. So what I can't remember, did this come out? Before Hunger Games or after? Because which of, which of these franchises created the whole, we're going to split the last book into two movies?
1: I think Harry Potter did that first.
0: Oh, yeah, that might be. Maybe with, yeah. with
1: the seventh book. I could and be it's wrong.
0: Just, uh, I'm sorry. Capitalism ruins everything. Like, even if you love these books, it's like...
1: It's like you don't need... No, for Breaking Dawn, definitely did not need two movies. Harry Potter and the...
0: Deathly Hallows.
1: And the Deathly Hallows did need to be two stories in my opinion because H- the last
0: movie is so good well and that that's fair right yeah. yeah if you can justify it that's yeah. fair but i just like i feel like so many franchises went this route afterwards it just became this trend yeah. to like no all the money from it and it's just like it it really backfired like for the Divergent series right yeah they didn't end up making the second half
1: <laughs> they're like let's just stop it here um I'm really excited for us to get to the last movie because you'll see why they split it up and like what they had to fill in to make it a full movie. And it's like, it's actually, I really liked it. So you, mm, mm, the worst is behind us, Kara. Only good
0: times ahead. I So my final word on Twilight New Moon is I remain firmly. If you're asking me what team I'm on, I am team Charlie and Alice. I think they should have a buddy comedy where they solve crimes together, right? Because Alice can see the future and Charlie's a cop and I I would watch that TV show.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm team more group scenes, <laughs> less just Bella and Edward. Oh, yeah, we Edward. didn't talk
0: about that. Yes, that was the other thing that I noticed about this movie and that I think made it very boring for me was it, the so many of the scenes are just Bella and somebody else. Yeah. And it's it drags. And it's like, you know, we had that cafeteria scene, and then later on in the movie when, you know, Edward is back, we have Edward and the Collins and Bella. Yeah, and, or and like we have, um, Bella's
1: birthday party. Like, just when you have these big groups yeah. of like interesting looking people. The
0: scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was an way intense better. scene. I will give it that. Yeah. But like, the movie is so, <gasps> so intensely focused on Bella, but it doesn't work. And no shade on Kristen Stewart. She's doing her best with the material she's got, but... Oh.
1: Yeah, that's so you'll I mean when we get to Eclipse and to the other movies, we start leaning into the backstories of other characters finally because I mean we can only watch Bella, you know, him and hum for so long. So finally we're going to start breaking into new territory and I think that's going
0: to be really fun. Mm. Okay, you've successfully got me kind of That <laughs> was a pump for watching Eclipse. But I'm looking forward to it more than I was looking forward to watching New Moon after Twilight. So, give yourself a pat on the back for that stuff.
1: I give myself a <laughs> self high five. And um, your yeah, your Netflix is waiting for you to press yes to Eclipse. Cara. It really is. Uh-huh. It's
0: well, it's it's recommending Eclipse and Breaking Dawn to me, and I'm just like, <laughs> what have I done to my Netflix? Recommendations?
1: <laughs> Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, you tell me. We'll watch Eclipse all right so thanks everyone this was our coverage of new moon stay tuned for a whole other well we're going to go back into buffy but we will be back to revisit the twilight series
0: for better or worse
1: (laughs) for better and better and better thank
0: you especially to our buy me a coffee supporters including our chosen ones lizzie emma hannah teza alexandra kyle Kayla, kayla destiny brady erica justine allison lena Jace, Julian, Haley, and Nicola.
1: All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We
1: appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week.
0: We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels.
1: Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter.
0: You can also email us at Podcast at gmail.com Or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord.
1: Praise Moloch!
0: See you next week!